Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 148 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 45 through 50. And you know what, Spencer? I am going to chew you up, spit you out, and stick you under a desk. I can't believe that you're saying this to me. It's almost as if this was absolutely not written inside of your Japanese actual language, and it was just made up to be a dumb thing from a dub from Funimation from the early 90s. I swear to God, early 90s, Blake, I am How sick of dare you. dare you, sir? Let's jump in. Oh, man. Those man, episodes were silly. There were quite a few <laughs> things. I forgot to write it in the notes, but at one point, uh, Koenma is trying to transmit really important information uh, to to a committee on a time but he feels that the committee is too important to show up as he is. And so he starts like putting on a face mask and shit. And then his, his assistant is like, you should hurry. Like, this is too important. He's like, Oh fine. And then they're like, we've made a decision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we get started, the, it looks like Blake has put some news inside of, uh, I just have side of our news. (laughs) Yeah. So, so most of these are going to be quick, quick hits. Uh, first, uh, I was just so I was just reading some things while Spencer was getting all set up. Uh, I found out that there's a novelization, uh, or not a novelization, uh, but a, a novel from the Naruto universe called Naruto Shikamaru's Story: Morning Clouds, and that's morning such as being sad, not morning such as in the morning. Um, and this is a story that centers on Shikamaru as the hero. It takes place after the end of Naruto Shippuden, so almost certainly there will be spoilers for that. If you're not caught up and you don't want to spoil it, you should probably, you know, buy this and then not read it for a while (laughs) or, uh, you know, wait until you're done with Shippuden or whatever, however you want to do it. Um, So uh, I I have not read this. I just found out it existed, uh, but I thought it was interesting, definitely in the interests of our listenership. So I found out about this from comicbook.com this uh this novel exists i it takes place i believe sometime after the end of shippuden because shikamaru has uh has a son and that son is a character in boruto and this book takes place at some point after the son has has been born and is old enough to be like an active character in this story uh, but before the series boruto begins so if you're interested there's some naruto stuff out there um, and I believe it's not a new book, but it's new in English. So you now have access to it. Um, I also put down some nerdy stuff that is not actually directly related to anime. Uh, one, there's uh, this little movie called The Justice League that came out a few years ago and was, uh, for the most part, not very well received. Um, but then there were these rumblings and grumblings that the original director, who was not able to finish the job, a guy named Zack Snyder would like to finish the job and that the finished product that he was going to make was going to be super different. And for some reason, people assumed super better. So a story on we got this covered uh, is is that WB execs think that the Snyder cut is no good. (laughs) And uh, I can't say I'm surprised. (laughs) 
So, you know, I don't know. I don't know why people You mean Warner this... Brothers, the people who made the original thing and, and fired making Zack the current Snyder, one. Yeah. They don't think that it's any good for some uh, reason. The only reason this is happening is because it's a cultural phenomenon. I'm convinced of this because I don't I I'm I wouldn't be surprised if there's another example of this, but I sure don't know of one where a movie was made and then the studio like retconned and remade their movie. Like I know there have been director's cuts. Obviously that's a thing, but this is different. This is not the director's cut of the justice league. Like there is new shit that was shot for this Um, in, in the style of reshoots. It's not a complete, I mean, it, there's going to be scenes that you have seen before in this movie, but uh, it's also four hours long, which is way longer than like the, I don't know. The longest movie I can think of is probably three and a half hours. And it's just, this is, I, I think this is more of a, a mini series without episode breaks, if you ask me. And honestly, I just think the fact that like people didn't like Justice League, Justice League did very poorly in the box office. Um, I don't think, I think it did make money, but I don't think it made a lot. And of course, with a big name property like the Justice League, that is a huge disappointment. And so I think that combined with the extenuating circumstances around Zack Snyder not being able to finish it. And there this just sort of like, you know, to me, I think basically people who wanted Justice League to be good and didn't think it was good created amongst themselves based on basically no evidence, this urban legend that Zack Snyder's original vision would have been amazing and that the problem with the justice league movie that we got was that he couldn't finish it. Not that he shouldn't have been involved in the first place, which is my personal opinion. So, uh, you know, I don't know people. I watched man of steel. I don't think it's that good. Batman versus Superman is routinely hated. That was all Zack Snyder and his vision. So I don't know why people expected anything different. I don't know why they are expecting anything different. Uh, and as always with movies, with, with anything nerdy, I would love to be proven wrong when I think it's not going to be good. I don't think it's going to be good. I will watch all four hours of it. And uh, <laughs> so that's uh, I just think it's interesting. It's just so interesting and weird and unique. And I have a lot of thoughts that I'm not going to like get deep into because this is an anime podcast and, and we actually have a lot of stuff to go over today. But um, hey, hey, Blake, would you say. Would you say that because you're going to watch all four hours of it that we've got you covered? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, I don't know. If we get two new patrons before this movie comes out, maybe we'll release a special episode about it. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. And so whatever. So uh, uh, the in other non-anime superhero news, WandaVision is a thing that's been happening that I've been resisting talking about on this show. I don't know. Spencer, have you been watching WandaVision? I am uh, 100% caught up, including the after credit scenes. So, oh, yeah. There uh, have been uh, post credit scenes on the two most recent episodes, but yep. not on the ones before that. So don't be tricked. Let it play until it until it tells you to watch Ultron, Age of Ultron. Once mm-hmm. it tells you to watch Age of Ultron, you can go do something else. But uh, don't, don't click away. If the credits are rolling and it hasn't told you to watch Age of Ultron yet, there might be more stuff. Sneak, snoop, mm. snoop, snoopers going to snoop. Yeah. So... Uh, I love it. Uh, a lot of people online have mixed feelings and, uh, it is so, so deeply my kind of thing that I honestly don't even want to hear people criticize it because I like it so much. 
It's one of those things where it's just like it's made out of so many pieces of stuff that I like that I am. I can be aware that people dislike it for valid reasons and that it is not, you know, God's gift to cinema and that there obviously there's always critiques that can be made of things. Uh, And I even have some critiques myself, but I like it so much that I'm kind of in an emotional place right now where if people want to like shit on it, I kind of don't want to hear about it. So if you're enjoying it and you want to talk about it, let's do that. We can talk uh, in the discord, uh, but we'll need to definitely use spoiler tags. You can do that on discord. So put a little big black box over, over what you're typing. So make sure you're using spoiler tags. If you want to talk to me about it, or we can, you know, chat and private messages on social media and stuff like that. But God, I love it so much. And the last episode, there are rumors that there's a secret last episode that they haven't announced. I think that's bullshit. I suspect that the last episode will be episode nine, which will be coming out the same day this episode comes out that you're listening to right now. So uh, I'm excited. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, it's, that it's song, exciting. that song, the big reveal song is a fucking bop. Yeah. <laughs> Pete keeps my, my husband, Pete keeps making a joke that like, if it, if things are uh, chilled out with the coronavirus and enough people are vaccinated and shit by the time summer rolls around, the only things playing in the gay clubs this summer are going to be Lady Gaga's newest album and that song from WandaVision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Get um, to your final stupid thing. This is the big thing. So obviously a lot of listeners already know this. There was huge Pokemon news. Uh, Was that earlier this week? That was last week uh last week but i don't know we had already recorded our friday episode or some shit so i didn't talk about it um so um yeah last week pokemon uh announced their big i believe it's their 25th anniversary announcement which is uh the long awaited remakes of pokemon diamond and pearl and uh i suspect also platinum their people are worried that it's going to be only diamond and pearl stuff because platinum really added a lot of valuable things um, I don't think that's true. I think probably they're going to take some good stuff from Platinum and, and shake it up so it won't be a complete rehash of the first two. But uh, yeah, there's, um, what's it called? Brilliant Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I think. Those are the remakes. Um, they are being done in like a chibi style. Uh, so it looks it looks like more like a, a sort of like 3DS modernization than like a Pokemon remake in the modern style, like matching with sword and shield or even with, you know, the last couple of three DS games. Cause I guess this wasn't a three DS. This was a DS. So uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the art style, but uh, it's not going to stop me from playing it. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Everybody knew this was coming for a long time. Uh, I think some people felt like it was coming for so long that they didn't know that it was coming anymore. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You've been a Pokemon fan long enough. You know they're going to get around to remaking it sooner or later. So they're remaking it. And then if you ask me bigger Pokemon news, they're also releasing another game. So the Diamond and Pearl remakes are coming out this fall, probably in November, because that's usually when they're the stuff that comes out in fall comes out for Pokemon. It'll probably be late November. Uh, And then they said, I believe, early 2022 or maybe spring of 2022. I'm guessing sometime around April they announced a new game called Pokemon Legends Arceus. And this is the Breath of the Wild inspired Pokemon experience that people have been clamoring for ever since Breath of the Wild came out. There were touches of it in Pokemon Sword and Shield, particularly in the DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. 
with large open world areas, but the, the functionality was just different. Breath of the Wild's a little more freeform. And uh, so they, they announced this game. It's going to be taking place also in the Sinnoh region, which if you're not a Pokemon fan is the, the region where the fourth generation takes place. That is Diamond and Pearl. So it's the same region where the Diamond and Pearl remakes are taking place, but it's happening hundreds of years prior back in a sort of um, pre-industrial feudal Japan-esque time period. And you are going to be a character who is tasked with creating the very first Pokedex of the region. And uh, so it's definitely seems like it's, taking an interesting historical spin on the sort of classic Pokemon formula of gotta catch them all. Um, really interesting choices for starters The like, like pretty much all main series Pokemon games, you're being given a choice between a fire, a grass and a water starter, but none of the starters are the actual Sinnoh starters and uh, they're pulled from all different regions. So the, the fire starter is Cyndaquil. Uh, none of the other, none of the grass and water starters are from Cyndaquil's generation. So that's, it's kind of interesting, kind of cool. Um, also, people have been confused about why Cyndaquil was chosen because the other two are kind of feudally. Uh, one of them, Rowlet, turns into an archer. The other one, Oshawott, turns into a samurai. Uh, turns out the Cyndaquil thing is because uh, Typhlosion's name in Japanese has a reference to feudal, uh, uh, like a feudal lord. So that's probably why it was picked. Um, it's really exciting. It looks awesome. People, People in the Pokemon fan community... Uh, on Reddit, really hate everything and can't find any happiness in their souls. But I think a lot of Pokemon fans are actually sincerely excited for this. Obviously, again, anything is open and worthy of being critiqued. And uh, obviously, you know, these are not going to be perfect games. The trailers are not perfect. And there's definitely, I don't know, like, I think the art style for the Diamond and Pearl remakes is not the art style I would have preferred and not the art style I would have chosen if they were asking me. But, you know, I I think it looks cute and I'm going to play them anyways. So, you know, uh, I'm really excited about this. This is huge news for the franchise, especially the Pokemon Legends um, Arceus game. It's going to be a completely different gameplay experience than any other Pokemon game before. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really truthful in a lot of important ways to the way that Pokemon feels in your imagination versus the way that Pokemon has felt mechanically as a game in the past. And so I'm really excited to, to ch- test that out, but I suspect that game's going to do extremely well. Pokemon has a, a it, Pokemon doesn't have a, a long track record of, of major fumbles. So I would expect this game to sell extremely well. And uh, I would also expect it to birth a series of Pokemon games under the Pokemon legends header that explore different regions, maybe different time periods and have that same kind of very open world Breath of the Wild-esque free play aesthetic that a lot of fans have been clamoring for. And uh, this was just super, 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 super exciting. And um, I I can't wait. So big, big news, very anime relevant. Yeah. All right. Well, um, all of that being said, uh, get ready because Blake is going to talk some more because we're going (laughs) to jump into our episodes. Um, Tell us what happened previously on Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, and I forgot to write it down, so we're going to be winging it today. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is a story about a kid named Yusuke Urameshi. He was hit by a car at the beginning of the series and died. But uh, because he was hit by a car trying to save a young kid, the spirit world was kind of like, well, we thought you were sort of a bad kid because you're kind of a delinquent. But then you you died doing this good deed, and we, we don't really know where to send you. So we're going to give you a, a series of chores, and if you complete the chores, you get to come back to life. 
he does complete the chores and he does come back to life. And then uh, he finds that he now has the ability to see spiritual beings and interact with spiritual powers, uh, including developing some powers of his own. He becomes what's called the Underworld Detective and the uh, Underworld specifically Koenma, who is kind of the ruler of the Underworld, starts sending him on these different missions. Throughout those missions, he makes some, some tried and true allies. Specifically, those are his sort of longtime frenemy, Kuabara, who's another human that has just sort of been born with uh, heightened spiritual senses and has developed the ability to create what's essentially a lightsaber. Um, they made friends with a half demon called Kurama and Kurama uh, is able to generate plant-based attacks, most specifically using a whip called Rose whip, which is like a big thorny, thorny whip. And then a dude named he, who is the sort of Vegeta esque, uh, you know, fighty, grouchy man. And uh, he is really powerful. He's really, really fast. He has lots of extra eyes because he's got demon eyes. And uh, he can also summon something called the the dragon of the darkness flame, which is seems to be like a, a giant, uncontrollable black fire dragon demon that he can sort of launch and point at people, but can't quite completely control. Uh, he had to use this uh, a little while ago in the conflict that they're in right now, which is this thing called the Dark Tournament. Uh, the Dark Tournament is is basically a lot of uh, messed up rich uh, humans who want to do gladiatorial betting for sport and a lot of bloodthirsty demons who want to watch gladiatorial fighting for sport. Um, so there's this big tournament. I, th- I believe it's annual. And Yusuke was pulled into this by this dude named Toguro. He's a guy that they fought previously who they thought they beat, but he's too strong to have been beaten by them then. And he came back into Yusuke's life to coerce him into joining this tournament. So Yusuke, Kuubara, uh, Hiei, and Kurama are all on a team, but the teams have to be five men uh, or five five people deep. So they have a a fifth member of their team that really none of them knows the identity of. And that, that person is the masked fighter. The Masked Fighter was always obviously just Genkai, a character that they all know quite well because she sounded like her and looked like her and wore the same clothes and was the same height and everything. Uh, Except one time when she took her mask off and did not look like Genkai at all. Uh, In our last coverage of Yu Yu Hakusho, that was explained as something based on her special technique, which is the Spirit Wave Orb that allowed her to regress to a younger age because that was the age she was when her powers were at their peak and using the spirit wave orb can allow somebody to do that this is important because yusuke is now going to inherit the spirit wave orb from her so that he can take a huge level up in power before they face off against togoro's team in the finale they are currently in the semi-finals against a different team but yusuke is off in a cave absorbing genkai's energy she gave it to him at the end of our last coverage, and she warned him that this will either make him way stronger or it will tear him apart from the inside out. And either way, it's going to super suck and be extremely painful the whole time while he's trying to absorb it. Uh, meanwhile, his three remaining teammates are doing a lot of fighting because of his use of the Dragon of the Darkness Flame earlier in the Dark Tournament. He's arm was very badly injured, and he has been 
pretty much entirely sidelined for a few rounds of fighting. He is now back mostly into fighting form. His arm is still a little messed up, but he's able to fight and he's really raring to go. And so he basically made an agreement with the opposing team that uh, if either Yusuke or uh, masked fighter were chosen as the fighters, since they are absent, he will take their place. And he's just fucking raring to go. I believe he already had a fight or maybe he started a fight at the time of our coverage picking up here. So Yusuke's trying to absorb this energy. It might kill him. Uh, his team is fighting with three of their five members uh, available against a full five-man team. Uh, also, there's some uh, some girls that are friends with these <laughs> characters in various ways. They're going to be lost in the woods. The, I think the only thing you really need to know about them is that there is a a weird little penguin-like beast called Pooh that is uh, Yusuke's spirit beast. It hatched last time on our coverage of Yu Yu Hakusho. It is a, a spiritual monster that is connected to his soul. And so, uh, like, if he's in pain, it will be in pain. If it, if he dies, it will die. And so it's going to be sensing some of the trial that you, Yusuke is going through today. Um, and we'll we'll pick up with a little bit of that here in episode 45. Yeah, episode 45 is called Hiei Battles On. Uh, the thing that is happening in the background of these episodes, by the way, it's going to be flashed to constantly, is uh, Yusuke trying to absorb that spirit orb, and he's just having a bad time. Um, he's going he's gonna to get so angry inside of this episode about the pain that he just starts punching a rock as hard as he can until the rock yeah. starts to crumble beneath his hands. Um, it it will like it. remind like you he's, of he's hurting so much that he wants to like hurt a different part of his body to distract him from the pain. Maybe mm. is, is one interpretation. Also, Genkai is like, so I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have given you this power. It is clearly killing you and I'm going to take yeah. it out of you. And then Yusuke is like, no, you're not my mom. Put it back in me. <laughs> And he takes it back and he puts it back himself and it gets worse and worse. And anyways, she's like, I can't help you anymore. And he's like, okay. And he's what's, just going to scream and punch more things. Yeah. And what's funny, but also sad and like emotional, but also hilarious is that Genkai is like, I wanted to take this out of you because I think it will kill you. You are like my favorite student ever and I can't watch you die. So I'm going to leave. And I thought that was very beautiful and emotional because she's she's a hard ass. And so the fact that she like can't sit there and watch as she expects him to die is this kind of lovely, um, largely nonverbal indicator of her feelings for him. Um, but also it's hilarious because he's he's like struggling and screaming and flailing and in such great pain. And she's the only other person there. And she's like, OK, bye. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, Hiei gets in his fight with Kuru Momotaro. Uh, Kuru These Momotaro names. is ridiculous. Um, his his ability is uh, first and foremost to take Hiei's sword and to cut his arm almost off. And everybody's like, uh, why did you do that? Um, and he's just like, hold on real quick. Let me take some of these bath salts. Um, yeah. And he takes his bath salts and he turns into a monkey man. And in his monkey form... He is able to uh, absorb different slashes of a blade, and he uses this ability to break Hiei's sword when Hiei tries to stab it into him. Um, and he's just like, 
Well, whatever damage I take is almost like a, um, a vaccine to your damage. So whatever you're going to do to me next, after I get hurt once by it, it's not going to hurt me again. And so he is like, okay, so I'm going to use my ability to fire and kill you. Um, yeah, but there is a secondary taunting. ability. Yeah, he's taunting Hie to use the Dragon of Darkness Flame. Because Kuro Mamataro, his... Yeah, like you said, it's kind of a vaccination ability. So he has to be exposed to the attack and survive it. And then he basically cannot be damaged by that attack again. If he takes and more he's bath confident. salts. Huh? <laughs> he has to take more bath salts in order to become more powerful. Oh, yeah. he All the bath salts. So yeah. um, he... He's like, I think I can survive the Dragon of the Darkness Flame. And this this old guy, Onji, on his team, before he starts fighting, is like, you should not make him shoot that <laughs> thing at you. Because I don't think you will survive it like you think you do. And, <laughs> and also, he's like, no, no, I'll be fine. Don't you tell me how to live my life, old man. And yeah. the old man is just like, oh, I've got a, something to show you underneath my face, but that's for a later episode. <laughs> So uh, Onji also is, makes the observation that Hiei, while healed enough to do some fighting, is probably not healed enough to shoot the Dragon of Darkness Flame again because his arm is still fucked up a little bit. So he's like, look, you can taunt him and you super should not. But even if you do, I don't think it's going to work. And Hiei kind of confirms this by mm -hmm. sort of implicitly by being like, I, I don't even think I need to use Dragon of the Darkness Flame. I'm going to use this other fire technique against you and punch mm -hmm. it into you and yeah. turn you into a chicken man. <laughs> yeah. And so he does that, but uh, in order to become immune to this, he takes more bath salts and turns into a Phoenix man, which I guess is a bird that looks sort of like a chicken inside of this universe. Cause he looks like he is straight up from a church's chicken commercial um, <laughs> mixed with a weird lizard. Um, and that takes us into episode 46, Many Faces, Many Forms. Momotaru, um, after he shows off that he can take all the fire damage possible because he is now a fire type and yeah, it is you not can't very effective. Chicken. Yeah, well, well, you can. That's, that's, that's how you cook. You just cook chicken. That's, huh? that's literally what you do. He's... He's a phoenix dragon. Anyways, um, <laughs> instead of staying as a phoenix dragon, he turns himself into a wolfman because he just wants to show off that he can become more and more ridiculous. Yeah, By the way, so there's an ongoing joke. There's an ongoing joke between the uh, the announcer who's watching outside of the ring, and she's just like, as he gets more ridiculous and more monstrous, she's just like, can we go back to when you were hairless and you had those like washboard abs? Because I was oh, interested yeah. in watching that, um, which is just a it's just a hilarious cross aside. Um, and I yeah, this, there are a that lot of good jokes it. in these yeah. episodes. There are then later a very bad joke that I will get on a soapbox briefly about, but uh, most mm. of the jokes. These episodes are very, very funny. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Momotaru turns into a wolfman, and then right before he is able to make his final attack, which is to bite Hiei in the neck and make him bleed to death, um, Hiei picks up the hilt of his sword that is now broken um, and uses it basically as a spirit sword mixed with his Dragon of the Darkness Flame ability um, to cut him into little pieces, spraying him, him his own blood making him bleed his own blood. That's what I was looking for um, until he is all bled out. And that takes us into the next fight. Well, um, this, uh, 
the end of the fight is decided. <laughs> so he he chops he chops Momotaro into different pieces. Momotaro it, it does that like anime thing where you think a deadly blow has been delivered, but then it turns out that he chopped Momotaro before the deadly blow, and it was just like his body hadn't split into pieces yet and kind of landed on Hiei, so he didn't actually like bite him. He just kind of fell on him. And then like all the pieces fall to the ground around Hiei. And then there's like this pause where the announcer is like, oh God, he, he got cut into pieces. Well, all the pieces of him have been down for 10 seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then we're going to go to the next battle. The next battle is between Kurama and Ura Uramashia uh, or Urashima. I, I think it's Urashima. Yeah, let me look um, at it. I, I remember how they said them in the dub, but I, there were so many. So oh, yeah, no, I don't know how they said this one. So sorry. <laughs> anyways, so this character has two abilities. Basically, um, he has a third ability. We'll get into it in a minute. But the first one is to contact Karama telepathically, um, and also he is able to fight with a a fishing rod that is able to create a barrier around the ring. Um, and so uh, much proto Hunter X Hunter in these episodes. Yeah. So he, he uses this ability first to, uh, lure Karama into a false sense of being, uh, being want, wanting to take care of this young boy who has just been lured into a life of crime to save his family. Um, and, uh, it turns out this psychic message to Karama was just a lie. And it was just so that he could horribly injure Karama, um, before revealing that he is just an ass. Um, he said and, that his grandmother was being threatened with death if he did not fight in this tournament. But in reality, it was me, Dio. Yeah. Um, and so he then uses uh, this ability uh, to keep Kurama inside of the ring with a giant net that he throws over the ring. Um, and then he uses his final thing, which is called the Inden Box. Um, inside of the Indian box, it is able to de-age anyone that touches the mist that comes out of it, except for the user of the Indian box. However, one of the things that we are going to learn inside of episode 47, Legendary Bandit Yuko Karama, is that Karama's older version of himself is a much more powerful version of himself before he was trapped inside of his human body in after he was damaged and forced to flee to the human world yeah. this this is this yeah. is actually this is it's like it's so simple that it should feel dumb or cheap but it is such a like clever little workaround to this de-aging sort of trope like when he was like this mist will de-age everybody in it and i was like okay I've seen a lot of like anime where the characters get de-aged. This happens in comics too. And you're just like, they're, they're put in, into kid or baby form. And then, you know, usually some sort of like random happenstance. I, I don't know. It makes me think about the time when like Magneto de-aged the X-Men, but Storm learned to pick locks when she was a toddler. So even as a toddler, she's able to un like free them because she knows how to pick locks. Like mm -hmm. there's always some like weird asterisk and this weird asterisk works so well because yeah. Karama used to be a son of a bitch and was a very dangerous and feared demon. And then one day he tried to make a thief of himself 
and then he was about to get caught and I think he got injured too. And mm-hmm. so he sealed himself. Uh, he, as a, a demon Fox spirit sealed himself into the body of a young boy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if any other stories have done that before. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, this young boy with the demon Fox spirit in him grew up uh, to, to, you know, soften the edges of the, of the demon Fox spirit. And I, I really do think that that's a completely unique story in the, in the universe of, of anime. Anyways. Um, so anyways, so, yeah, because his previous form was not attached to a human and not made into a good person by his experiences growing up as a kid, he is just like an evil, dangerous demon now. And this is a big oopsie. Yeah. So um, he is uh, he is almost killed by Yuko Kurama's demon tree that's coming out it's, of him. It's uh, um, it's Yoko Kurama. It's not the robots from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, anyways, um, so Yoko Kurama is about to kill him, and uh, right before he does, he is killed by his so-called leader, uh, Shishi Wakamaru, uh, and uh, that's what happens. It ends the battle, and then the next fighter um, is Kuwabara well, it, versus... Uh, it, it turns out that uh, he was also not a, a little kid. He was a demon, that oh. was masquerading as a little kid and using this important. box. Huh? <laughs> so that's not important. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. So it basically you find out that like some or all of the members of this team are not who they said they are. And they are not like dangerous fighters. They are actually like lesser demons who have been um, bribed to impersonate stronger fighters and given magical weapons, such as the steam orb that turns you into beast people. Or the box that de-ages your opponents to make, give them strong powers, but those powers aren't theirs. They are like magical artifacts that they've been given. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was fascinating. It does not get explored anymore at all, but I thought it was really interesting. So Shishi Wakamaru is going to start his uh, fight. It is between Kurobara and himself because Kurobara won rock, paper, scissors. Um, and... Uh, oh. That reminds Shishi me. Wakamaru is going to be using an ability, his his first weapon. His first weapon is insanely powerful, and then he never uses it again. And that yeah. is so annoying to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we go on, there was a, a funny joke at uh, Kura- before Kurama's fight when he was chosen to fight the not actually little kid dude. When they were trying to pick the new fighter and he was like, I want to fight again. And Kurama was like, he is, is tired and I should fight next. And Kuwabara was like, I don't want to fight next. <laughs> and then it comes up with like Kurama's name. And it it's like Kuwabara. Yes. Kurama. Yes. He damn it. <laughs> like, so good. So good. There are so many good jokes. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, back, back to the present. <laughs> okay. So, meanwhile, in the background, a, really two things are going to happen over the next couple of episodes. First and foremost, uh, Yusuke is going to be visited by Pooh, who flies to him and tries to help him. Um, Pooh is going to not be able to really help Yusuke and instead just keeps on running into stuff until he almost dies. Until Yusuke is like, I need to save you, you idiot. And he finally saves him. Um, and yeah, Genkai well, has already left. That's you know, really Pooh all you does to know help about him. Pooh does help Yusuke because when Pooh is in the cave with Yusuke and then Yusuke gets wet from the Pooh, 
and then he wakes up because of the poo wet. Oh my god. Huh? Anyways, that takes us into the next episode, episode 48, The Cape of No Return. So The Cape of No Return sounds like it is a um, a place for ships to go get wrecked in the ocean, um, it but it turns out that it, really does. it is really a, a cape that uh, Shishi Wakamaru wears that can uh, swipe at whoever is fighting him and take them very far away um, and then drop them into wherever uh, he he wants them to be dropped or he doesn't really understand how it works. Yeah, he uses more, this is more the cape of mild inconvenience, or the cape of some return. Yeah. So Kuubara <laughs> the cape is of transported. See you in ten minutes. <laughs> so the the Kuubara gets transported away from this fight and transported to the old arena, um, which is one of my favorite things because he's gonna accidentally run into Botan Keiko, uh, Shizuru, and Yukina, um, and they had been lost and they went to the old arena instead of the new arena because they overslept <laughs> because they had been hanging out with some people playing cards all night, um, which I guess is what they do uh, when they're on Demon Valley vacation. Yeah, um, they're having a real good time in this demon universe. Also, there is apparently a, a regular route to get to the stadium that they could have taken. But yeah. Botan was like, no, I know a shortcut. And then they've been lost this whole time. Yeah. Okay. So Kuobar runs into them and then he's like, oh, follow me. I'm going to take you back. Um, and so Shishi Wakamaru gets into the next fight, which is with the mask, fi- the mask fighter who is showed back up. Um, and uh, reveals herself to be Genkai to everybody else. Because Yusuke fell asleep in the woods, and she's like, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Shishi Wakamaru, instead of using his uh, amazing cape of no return again, instead is just like, I don't want to use this anymore. Instead, I'm going to use the Banshee Blade. And the Banshee uh-huh. Blade is gross, number one. Um, yeah, it's it, so it, gross. It opens up its hilt and shows a horrible, like kill me now face it actually um, that is, is kind of like the faces of the babies in the uh op to full metal alchemist brotherhood so you know, oh god yeah i guess so that's that sounds awful which it is also kind of it also kind of looks like the the meat people that are from meat boy that that video game yeah um, super super meat super meat boy yeah um and so here's the thing so this sword has a crazy ability, which can summon the dead souls from the underworld in order to come up and attack its other person, that whoever it's being swung at. But the other thing that this does is it just shoots these demon souls all around the arena, and you just get to see horrible monster ghost teeth biting into lots of different demons as it flies around. And, uh... Oh, God. Was, we didn't go into that joke, by the way. There was a joke I definitely wanted to get into from the previous fight with the bath oh. salts thing. And it is no, just to the it. most okay. ridiculous thing. Okay. So anyways, so the ogre that is with um, uh, that is is with our 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 great and merciful leader of the underworld. Um, he is like he, he is like, by the way. This ability was used to kill my entire family back in the old days. And he's like, do you know how to deal with it now? And there is an amazing shot where they are in serious thinking mood mode and drawn in like a really high, high artistic style. And it goes between their two faces and then it cuts back to him and he's like, I have no idea how to deal with this. And then he's just like, ah, you idiot. Um, anyways, back also- to the present. 
there's an interesting thing that happens right before he uses his Banshee Blade that will be relevant to the uh, resolution of the fight, which is he doesn't think Genkai is Genkai because mm. Genkai is a very famous person in the spiritual world. She has been a super powerful sort of uh, spirit power guru for many, many years. And so then this old woman that shows up. So first of all, he he accuses her of not being the same masked fighter from earlier because the masked fighter from earlier uh, looked different when her mask was taken off. And that was a, that was because she was able to turn herself into a younger looking Genkai and Genkai did that with the spirit wave orb that she has now given away. Consequence two of having given that away is not only can she make her look herself, make herself look like she did previously. She is nowhere near as strong as she was previously. So first, uh, Shishi Wakamaru is like, you are not the same person. I accuse Yusuke's team of illegally subbing in extra fighters under the guise of a masked fighter. Number two, once she re- like she doesn't take her mask off, he like cuts it off of her face and she's revealed to be Genkai. He is like, not only is this not the same person you had fighting for you earlier, but she says she's Genkai and that's a fucking lie because Genkai is way stronger than her. And so like basically they the this is that joke that I mentioned way earlier in the episode where like. Uh, Koenma knows that it's Genkai and knows why she's not as strong. He's going to tell them and he, and he takes too long getting ready and doesn't tell them. But the committee for the dark tournament decides that the fight is legal and can proceed anyway. But the, it, it's kind of an interesting moment of tension. It's an interesting accusation. Cause I'm like, if I were in their shoes, I would definitely think that this was a poser or a shape changer or something like that. Um, but also, uh, it reminds us that Genkai having given her, you know, main source of power to Yusuke is deeply weakened. And she even thinks to herself, like I, in my current state, I can probably only produce like three spirit gun attacks maximum. And so I'm going to have to really make them count. And that's kind of the backdrop that's happening when uh, Shishi Wakamaro pulls out this Banshee sword that starts sending out spirits to bite off the heads of people in the stance. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that this sword can do is create a weird little wave bath um, that is going to surround them. Um, and then he is going to try to stab Genkai with all of the power that he can muster. Um, because uh, knowing this is Genkai now, he's like, I, if I defeat her, this will cement my place as a very important demon inside of the world of demons. Um, but it turns out Genkai can use this other ability, which is to redirect your power towards yourself in a perfect counter attack. Um, and because of this, he is he has his own ability blasted back onto him. It almost completely defeats him. Um, and the, the next thing that he does is basically not learn from the original thing and try to attack her again. She borrows his strength, um, and then slams it back into him again, defeating him and making him completely go down. Yeah. I was, uh, I was watching these episodes and I was like, uh, did Genkai just become my favorite character in Yu Yu Hakusho? Like, She's so badass here and she just yeah. like she should not be able to win this fight but it it gave me the impression of like she is a master combatant and she is a master of spiritual powers 
And so, yeah, she has the ability to sort of absorb some of the energy and use it as her own and redirect it at her opponent. And that's a, a really strong ability. But to me, it it gave me more the impression of of like somebody who has been in this game their entire life being fought by a, you know, admittedly strong, admittedly dangerous sort of up and comer. And it's like, she is just so, so like, um, she has so much experience that like, even at her weakened state, her like base weakness form is super strong. And it was just like, it was so cool. And it was so satisfying. Yeah, this was actually the episode was titled episode 49, Genkai's Strength. Um, and the last thing that happens in this episode is that Kuwabara is chosen to fight against the old man named Onji. And that takes us into episode 50, Suzuka's Challenge. And you might be wondering to yourself, who's Suzuka? Um, and it turns out that uh, uh, Suzuka, who Blake has called Suzuki inside of his notes, yeah, um, is... I think that was because I was copying from Wikipedia and... <laughs> I'm blaming Wikipedia. Yeah, Suzuki, the car company, has now challenged uh, inside of the ring. Um, my favorite it's not thing American about these... car, so it's actually probably pretty well made. Yeah, my favorite thing that happens inside of this episode is that Kuobara is uh, sent back to the old arena again in a hilarious same technique uh, fighting again, and he's just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um, was really great. Um, yeah. Also, I'm, I, let me get on my soapbox and then I can stop talking. Uh, okay. At the end of last episode, so they the girls in the woods come upon unconscious Yusuke. And they start sort of carrying him to the arena because he's going to need to be there eventually. And then they want to go in because Kuwabara wants to go in and fight. And the girls want to go in and cheer him on. And they're going to leave Keiko, who is Yusuke's love interest, behind with Yusuke. And they leave and they make jokes about her having sex with him. And them leaving so that they can have alone time together. But Yusuke's unconscious. Then at the start of episode 50, some demons come out of the arena because they are fleeing from... uh, you know, Wakamaru's, you know, spectator eating demon attack. And they come upon Keiko with an unconscious Yusuke and they, you know, make vague allusions to sexually assaulting her. And then she is rescued by some previous enemies that were, that kind of ended on good terms. Some people that Yusuke's team fought in a much earlier round of the tournament, And then when those people leave, they also make a joke about how Keiko should, like, have sex with Yusuke right now while they're alone. Nobody taking into account that Yusuke is unconscious. And it bears repeating, don't have sex with people who are unconscious. That is a bad thing. Don't do it. And it's really frustrating that they make these sort of lighthearted jokes about, like, young high school lovers having some alone time in the context of one of them being unconscious. It's not cool. I don't think it's what they were going for, but it, it if it is, it, it could be, and it super doesn't age well. And don't do that. Are you, are you done? I'm done. It's just, okay. it, I was, I wanted to ignore it and then they did it again and I just couldn't. So okay. anyway, anyways, uh, the other thing that is happening inside of this episode is that, 
Um, you remember how we were talking about uh, proto Hunter X Hunter? Um, so <laughs> yes. here we go again. Uh, the character Onji is actually a weird clown monster that is hiding inside of an old man's body. He is also an idiot and not a cool character. He uses his rainbow attack uh, to attack Genkai, and Genkai is just like, that didn't hurt, I'm gonna go kill you with my fists. Um, And he's just like, but look at my beautiful face that I'm hiding underneath makeup. And I'm like, this is dumb. And the more he reveals his abilities, the dumber it becomes. And this is one of the things that reminded me of Hunter x Hunter, and I know you're thinking, it's Ahsoka the Clown. No, that's not the thing that was remi- that reminded me of Hunter x Hunter. The thing that reminded me of Hunter x Hunter the most is that this guy was a badass character that showed off that he could wisp away uh, Kuwabara without even lifting a finger at the very beginning of the last episode into this episode. And then he is immediately dispatched by Ginkai so fast with just her fists in a weakened state that I could only think to myself that this was just like, oh, it's that lead up to the final fight that is just so anticlimactic and so not worth it. That instead of him being a cool put together character, he was instead just a weird amalgamation of dumb things. And uh, it turns out he wasn't very skilled at all. He was only really skilled at pulling people together and giving them weapons that would make them more powerful. And that's his only ability. But my Mm. biggest question is, why isn't he able to give himself a super powerful weapon for himself to fight? It makes no sense. If he is this insanely strong in order to power up these low-level demons to be at a level where they could fight against some of the likes of Hiei and Kurama, like, he should be able to make himself more powerful as well. I really think that this was sort of a hand wave, forget about the end of the fight, we're done with the fights. The coolest one was the one with the Banshee Blade, and now I have to write off this other character in order to finish the fights. I was so let down by this but at the same time like it's over i guess and that takes Mm. us into the final thing that is going to happen which is um genkai walking down a hallway and tagoro being like we need to talk soon and genkai being like okay and then it's a really really like awkwardly long shot of his sunglasses and i'm just kind of like okay and like i guess they're going to have a longer conversation. I don't remember this happening at all, but I guess we're going to get the finals next couple of episodes. So yeah, I'm excited about that. If me choosing the episodes for our next Yu Yu Hakusho coverage is any indication, they will have a long conversation in one of the next episodes. So <laughs> I haven't seen them, but I am aware that that will happen. Yeah. I, yeah. uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, I definitely did not have that reaction. I actually thought the Suzuka fight was really good. <laughs> Um, and I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry, it. what what was his name? Was it Suzuka or Suzuki? It's both. He's, he's was Suzuka he, uh, and he drove here in his Suzuki. Oh, was he was he like all was he like uh uh did he have all wheel drive, four wheel drive? He's uh, definitely he got a limited edition. Oh, okay. So he was a limited edition. Uh, oh. so yeah, I thought I thought the fight was good. I, I don't know that I thought it was necessarily better than the demon you know banshee sword fight from before 
but it was a continuation on the wow genkai is that is just that awesome thing and so like i i think one he's definitely proto hisoka in that he is a villainous clown character he you know he he's unironically dressed as a clown and uh being a villain to our main characters and he also at one point throws a playing card in the way that you would throw a dagger or knife which is very much what Hisoka does in Hunter x Hunter. The uh, similarities pretty significantly end there, but like seeing him reveal himself as a clown villain, I was like, oh yeah, this is the same dude that did Hunter x Hunter. And then he threw the card and I was like, that's just exactly like that. He just took that from one series and put it with the character in the next series. But otherwise, Hisoka is totally different from this guy because this guy's a loudmouth braggart who thinks that he's the best. He's got a little bit of Yumichika from Bleach, which we just talked about in our patron-only episodes. If you want to listen to those, you have to be a patron. And uh, he that from that perspective, he's like obsessed with beauty and specifically with his own beauty. And uh, I don't know, his personality didn't super do it for me, but there was something about like him launching these attacks against genkai that were supposed to be devastating but her just sort of shrugging them off that for me worked in a way that it sounds like to you it came off as anticlimactic and the sort of author not having any ideas whereas for me i think it was that sort of story trip that comes up in shonen anime a lot that's like look at how strong this character is by me showing you a character who seems like they're supposed to be dangerous and then this the you know the character that i'm showing you how strong they are is able to sort of like shrug off the dangerous character and like super take them out without a lot of effort. And so to me, that was what this fight was with Genkai. And I thought it was really good. Uh, but I could see why people would have the reaction that you did to it. I just had a, I had like the opposite reaction. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll talk to you about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews every week. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show is a part of. And if you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to Blake and Spencer, who offer two shows every week covering anime and manga series, both new and old. 
However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe your new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any Geeks Media menu. First, there's Comic Book Keepers, where you can join Lance and Chris as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. If comics aren't really your thing, maybe you're looking to find something exciting out in the geekosphere, do a little exploring maybe, you can check out John and Ben's Geek Exploration podcast. They cover a variety of topics from video games to the latest Disney announcements, game shows, and more. A real grab bag of geekdom and a fantastic addition to your weekly listening. Maybe you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our continued partnership with Blake & Spencer Get Jumped. See you next time. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes four through six. If you were thinking to yourself, hey, is this person the worst dog owner that I know? Well, you're about to find out what happens when you're the worst dog owner and worst parent all at the same time. Get ready. Get <laughs> ready.